0: We shall be reading from the book of Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22, chapter 21 verse 5 and chapter 19 and verse 21. Proverbs 15:22 Without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. Proverbs 21 verse 5 the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty proverbs 19 and verse 21 many are the plans in the mind of a man but it is the purpose of the lord that will stand planning Everybody plans, whether long-term, this is ideal. Some have mid-term plans, some have short-term, like one year, and uh, other super short-term, like three months, or some just plan their day. Beyond that, they don't plan. Yet some make the usual mistakes in planning. And this sermon, based on a few verses in Proverbs, will tackle two mistakes. The first is not listening to wise advice, and the other is related to the first, rushing in and pressing forward with limited knowledge. Besides the mistakes, we will also discuss some necessary ingredients for planning. So this sermon will address two as well. One is listening to many advisors, and the other is exercising diligence. Yet despite all our work, even in diligence, God's purpose, plan, and design will prevail. Not ours, His will shall prevail. And we should see that this is a good thing, because he knows much more than us in every way imaginable. Let me give you one tip. The first tip is one way to fail. Of course, why would I give tips on how to fail? But this is a reverse approach, so we are conscious of what we need to do or our minds will warn us of red lights, or yellow lights, warning lights, and then, of course, hopefully some green lights. One way to fail, one sure way to fail, is to plan without listening to wise counsel. As a result, plans get frustrated. And the planner, not only the plan, the planner gets frustrated When many unforeseen events happen, but with many advisors, plans succeed. Why? Well, you can think of a hundred reasons. Sometimes we do not care to see the possibilities. We do not like to map out the scenarios, possible scenarios based on what's happening around the world and what's happening inside of you and what does the word of god say so we just do it let's read once again proverbs 15:22. without counsel plans fail but with many advisors they succeed not many people seek advice when they plan Well, there is some value in not making one's plan public. It's good to have some of your plans in secret, yes. Don't tell the whole world, don't post it on Facebook or Instagram. Sometimes it is not good unless you're planning a journey and you really want to publicize my journey to weight loss, for example, or my journey to height. Oh, that doesn't work, right? to weight loss maybe, so you want to publish it. That's fine, because these are trivial matters. And maybe, hopefully, we can learn from you, and we see that in some posts. However, the more delicate plans of your future, especially your future spouse, if you are single, or even your plans, and some encourage you to think big because If the Lord doesn't take you yet, life might, you may have another 40 years or 50 years on earth if you are young. So it is not wrong to think big. Uh, However, what is wrong is not to ask people about your direction. Wise people. You can still keep it quiet while asking key people. Yes, there is some value to keeping it not public but it is necessary to seek many advisors to achieve success. Now, when we say success, let us not simply define it as the world defines it, which is simply having a lot of wealth or money. And I have met people, or I've heard stories of people. uh, One of them um, is a doctor, and uh, when I was engaging him, his father was proud of him, sharing all the nice qualities. There are only two kinds of doctor in his specialization in the Philippines. That was 10 years ago, I don't know now. But when he mentioned the specialization, it's like, it's, I don't meet this kind of doctor often. Then I, of course, when, when the father compliments the son, you must appreciate. So I appreciated and I added some questions to start the conversation. So how was it? That's amazing. Then he gave me a face that's not so happy. And the first lines he said, those thinking to be doctors should first look at the lifestyle of doctors and see if they like that. Now, I have met some doctors who really enjoyed what they're doing, and I have met some who stopped being a doctor and became businessmen, supplying the hospital. Now. It's usually when you don't ask, and you just dive in. And it was planted to you when you were young, maybe relatives or parents. You will be a nurse now. I have known nurses who enjoy what they're doing, and they're very successful. But I've also heard of stories that, about nurses with a lot of money, but quite depressed. Because that's not the kind of life they want. You don't just jump into something. It is good to ask. It is good to hear, to listen. And parents, careful now. Do not pass your frustrated career plan on your children. Forgive me for saying that. Don't. That's the beginning of ruining their lives. You may suggest, and that is fine. But then you must allow them to find their own path. As long as it is not against the Scriptures, allow them the freedom to discover. Because the world changes and the world that we know then is not the same world that we know now. It is good to listen to different advisors because... We see different perspectives and angles, and the more angles you see, the wiser your decisions shall be. When you jump into the water, do you ask how deep the water is? You don't jump high and dive strong on on shallow waters. It's going to break your fingers, or it's going to hurt your head or break your neck. If you don't know how to swim on deep waters, you never jump without support. The same way, in our planning and direction, we ask and ask and weigh carefully. So one way to fail is just don't listen. Just do what you like, do it because you were inspired by a movie or you were inspired by somebody, one inspiration, that's not wrong. But then you have to be careful because between where you are and your goal is the journey and some do not like the journey. Some will suffer in the journey and some will die in the journey. Figuratively speaking, and sometimes literally speaking. Point A to point B. No, it doesn't mean everybody's doing it. You want to do it. You shouldn't. You first listen. Ah, but listening is boring. I already want, I already know what I want. Why listen to I just want to listen to those who are supportive, not those who are negative. Mm, That is not wise. It is good to listen to both. Because the supportive might see what you see, what's the point? But the negative, they may see something you don't, there is a point. Of course you listen to both but more so those against your plan it's counterintuitive because we are emotional beings and that's the problem if you tie your emotion to your plan a plan is something on a piece of paper don't make it about you it is not the i amness do not make it the who you are it's just an option you know why As believers, we should always be praying, Thy will be done, Lord, in my life. This is something I want to do, but let Your will be done. So if I am in the wrong direction, O Lord, I surrender it to You. Yet I will move forward because I cannot be lazy. Yet trusting You that You will lead me to the right direction. And if ever I am in the wrong direction, please redirect me. Oh Lord please redirect me if you have that attitude as we would say the right heart which is in surrender in submission to the will of God then you will not be emotionally devastated if somehow you don't reach your plan A of course for God He has one plan. He has destined everything. He knows what he's doing. But we humans, as we try to discover where it is, we have scenario A, scenario B, scenario C. And you know what? Life will be happier for you. You don't need to be depressed. It's just, oh, let's go to the next one. If this doesn't work, You will try to make it work but sometimes life isn't like that. Life is not always linear. Linear. You know what's linear? Inside the perfect environment, which is inside a small factory. Linear. Phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, with little disturbance from the outside until you get the end product whatever you're manufacturing, that is linear. But life on earth is not linear, so don't think it's linear. Because from plan phase one to phase two, so many things can happen beyond our control. Well, the weather is beyond our control. The economy can change suddenly. War and peace is not within a single man's control. Life and death as well. Mm -hmm. Nobody plans to die tomorrow. Well, yes, some people do. Well, we shouldn't. But the thing is, The point is life is not linear, therefore, it's better to plan with different perspectives. It's more of if, then, therefore. If not, then, therefore. It's more that way. Well, I hope you got the first piece of advice. If you want to fail, just don't listen to anybody else. Well, we will have another sermon, don't listen to the wicked advice or the advice from fools. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the fool thinks he's always right, right? So you have to avoid people who think they're always right. Avoid them. A good advisor would show you the different perspectives as well. Because a wise person should see it. One, two, three, possibility. Possibility. Another way to fail is, well, another sure way to fail is to rush it and press it on while having a narrow perspective. While knowing a little about something, very little about something, you rush, you press, you do it, but your perspective is narrow. The opposite is diligently implementing a wise plan. Which leads to gain? Of course, one should assume that the diligent plan properly. The diligent will gain. Maybe not always, but in life, the diligent seems to advance more. A person with high IQ, but not so diligent. A person with, let's say, average IQ, but very diligent and consistent, somehow advance themselves. It's okay, get your phone and shut it down. Another sure way to fail is to rush. But the opposite of rushing is to be diligent. Well, you rush because you don't plan well. If you planned it well, you don't have to rush too much. Correct? Yes, like Sunday morning. How do you avoid not rushing? Prepare your clothes the night before. Prepare your breakfast if you eat breakfast. It's ready, you don't have to think. Prepare the alarm clock and prepare, have a mindset, I should sleep at this time because I do not want to be late. Oh. By the way, thank you for your giving last month. We overshot the target. Now, I have more confidence that we can finish the gym before February. Maybe December or January, we'll have it. Isn't that amazing? Now, when we have the gym, yeah. Now, why did I say that? When we have the gym and probably bring back the little kids, the second floor will be off-limits to latecomers. So I'd rather you come home or come here on time. How? Plan so you don't have to rush in the morning, right? If it's 10 a.m., don't leave the house at 10 a.m. You have to think. How long do I wait for a ride? What's the longest you plan from the worst perspective? Mm. Because if you can't even plan being on time, I'm kind of concerned with your life, you know. I'm not kidding you. I'm concerned with your life because you might remain average for the rest of your life because that is the average (sighs) national... That we have is finding it very hard just to be on time. Let's read 21 verse 5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. It didn't say the first time you plan something, it will be abundant. No, but it will lead there. It will get there. Even if you encounter trials and setbacks, if the diligent will achieve that one way or another, one day, if not now. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. I have made mistakes. Perhaps you did before. Let's learn and forever learn the mistakes of rushing in. Many take the plunge without thinking, even if there is a high probability of failure. Ah, probability. That word, I love that word. Uh, Something related to statistics. Something that deals with percentage. It's thinking of, what's the probability of success if I do this? One should have some sort of mathematical equation. Not too geeky, not too nerdy, but you can by looking at the pros and cons, the advantages, the risks. And once you see the risk, you think, how can I mitigate the risk if I go through this? Do I I have an answer if this thing happens? You must be ready for that answer. If this thing happens, this is what I can do. Therefore, you can say, even if there are risks, I can do it. But if you don't have an answer to this, uh uh. There's a big misconception. They say that entrepreneurs are risk takers. Yes, in a manner of speaking, some of us are fools. Taking a risk without calculating. Well, for you know why they say that? Because. Instead of employment, they chose entrepreneurship. They say that's more risky. In a manner of speaking, yes. But if you talk to entrepreneurs, those who have grown something, they hate risks. They hate it. I hate it. I look at probabilities. Based on the strength of me and my team, our resources or the resources I can get. Looking at the market. There are risks, of course, but can we mitigate the risk? Can we absorb the loss if ever we lose? Can I regain from it? Because if I cannot regain from it, I will not do it. So, we need diligence. Well, of course, some believe that you have to be a diligent person first before you can even plan wisely. And I do agree with that. It's good to practice diligence in whatever you do, whatever responsibilities we have. Learn to be diligent with the little things and make that as a habit. So, the second way to fail surely is to rush. So, I have this filter in my mind whenever I get somebody Whenever I face somebody who sales talk me, don't miss the opportunity. So I think, how many opportunities, probability of opportunities of this happening again? It's usually a lot of times that there will be another opportunity. There are a few times that it's really rare. Very few times. But then if it is a rare opportunity, that doesn't mean I should take it. Because I have to look at my other responsibilities. Some have made the rush because there's money involved. But it took them time away from their family. And then the family suffered. And that is not a good thing either. What we want in this church is a holistic kind of abundance. A holistic kind of success. Where God and the gospel is at the center, where we improve continuously, where the family is blessed by each other, where our work, we excel in our work and we participate in the church community, and we participate in reaching the unreached, and somehow we bless society by being good citizens. It's more on a holistic perspective, not you get this opportunity, but family suffers. You get this opportunity, but you have no time for your community, church community, which is God's design. So we have to choose properly. We have to design our lives properly. If one suffers, that is not the will of God. Then you wait, then you're more patient. Lord, the wisdom where I can harmonize everything. And that's when you feel you're at your center, because God is at the center. And all these things I mentioned are His will revealed in His Word. And if that can happen, so it's not one indicator. If you only have one indicator of success, then for sure you will fail in the others because you're not looking at it. You're not measuring it. What you cannot measure, you cannot improve. So, what do you do? You coast along. Yeah? What will be, will be. Or you still serve the old gods of the Philippines. Bathala. Bahala na. That's where it comes from. Bahala na. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Let's just go. Yeah, Only Fools Rush In. There's a song, right? Only Fools Rush In. Yeah, what song is that? So, uh, Only Fools Rush In. Gee, if you have to be careful with your money, you have to be careful with your life. Single people, Only Fools Rush In. Huh? Ah. Please do not be enamored by the fairy tales you see on TV. reality is far from that I say to young people there are two versions of your future life if if you will get married there are two versions of it you can choose one is you find what this does the Bible say is a man of God and a woman of God and you with the fear of God Fasting and praying for God's direction, being careful every step of the way, having the right advisors around you, not rushing in. That's one version. And usually there are, it's less problematic because you have adjusted many according to God's word. The other version is what? It's better to marry than to burn. It's also biblical. So that you won't sin, why not just get married? They rush in. There's a the second version. Now, the second version has more problems. But if you're married in the second version, I just have to believe that is God's will. And God will use your problematic marriage for what? To teach you humility, patience, to grow in holiness. You know, the word sanctification is the process of spiritually maturing to obey God. So I like what somebody said. When he was asked to define a theological term, he was asked, please define sanctification. And his answer was one word. He said, marriage. Because in marriage you have to, you are tested whether you truly have the fruit of the spirit of patience. (laughs) Love is patient. The fruit of the spirit is patience. Oh, all those romantic words. I love you. And then you can't be patient? (laughs) That's why the... How the world constructs love is more of that infatuation. That sells because that sells a lot. Commercially, it sells. Movies, it sells. TV shows, that sells. Make money out of that. But then when you say, no, but love is patient. So before somebody gets married, I ask, how patient are you? And they would be more very confident. I'm very patient. How patient are you with your parents and your siblings? Because that's more close to reality. Because when you go under one roof and suddenly the responsibilities come in. Simple responsibility of the household and the bills come in. How patient are you? Oh, I love God's Word. It's reality. Reality bites and reality hurts. Do you really love one another? So try to change it. Instead of, I love you for a week, say, I'm patient with you. (laughs) It reminds yourself and it reminds the other person. It reminds both of you that both of you must be patient towards another because that is love. And that's what you get when you get counseling. I'm patient with you. And of course, then there's another phrase which, I mean, the standard of Scripture is quite high. That's why you can just be humble and say, Give me the grace, Lord, to love my wife. Lord, give me the grace to love my husband because you need God's grace upon it. Now, that is true for both sides. Those who are carefully choosing their spouse And those who rushed in. However, this is better. I'm not saying they won't encounter the same things. They will! But much better. Why? Because Scripture rules both of them. If God said it, no argument. No more. But they can discuss on the things that are not clear there, but in the other aspects. Here, There's so much argument. Let me continue. Now, let me just say, whatever happens, God's will always prevails. Does that include our mistakes? You see, but this is how to think about it. If you look back, if you're already married, that's God's will. But looking forward, you have to know what scripture says to be careful, to fulfill the word of God. It's, it's like a, a tension that is both real in Scripture. We do our work. We are diligent. But it is God who is at work. Remember when Paul said in Philippians, work out. Work out your salvation. But then he said the next verse, but it is God who is at work in you. The same way when Joseph was before his brothers who betrayed him, And their brothers were afraid after Jacob died, the father died. They were afraid that Joseph might kill them or make them suffer. Because of what they did to him, betraying him, selling him as a slave. But now he's governor of Egypt. Joseph said to them, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. So even in the mistakes we have. What happens then? God is at work there or working with it. And that gives me some peace. Because I made mistakes in my life. Have you? I can't hear you. All right, I have an honest congregation today. We have. Young people make less mistakes than us, and that is our hope. Forgive us if we repeat ourselves. You have to understand why we repeat certain things. Some things are deep down within your mother's soul or your father's soul. And that is so important to them. People must plan and they must plan well. Even, but even if they do, there is still one that overshadows all. And that is the purpose of God. So who can stand against the plans and intents of God? No one. Proverbs 19.21, let's read that, that. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. In the end, people must learn to trust God with all their hearts and lean not on their own understanding. Where is that found? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, right? His ways are higher than ours, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That's Isaiah 55, 8 to 9. Let's go back and focus on the application. Listen to many advisors, number one. We should learn to seek out and listen to many advisors. More advisors should give us a better perspective on our plans. But if we plan with our limited knowledge, we will surely fail. Some of us have made many decisions on a whim. We allowed our emotions or impulses to get the better of us. We must learn to set aside our obsessions and our biases, then weigh all angles carefully. It is not weakness to seek good advice. The best presidents and kings know how to get good advice because they don't know everything. Nobody does. Number two, Be diligent, avoid haste. Whenever we feel obsessed or convinced about a specific direction, let us take time to step back. Stepping back helps us evaluate. It helps us evaluate things in a detached manner. By detaching, we help our minds think clearer and sharper. Write your plan in a notebook and sleep on it for a week and then look at it again. And then for a while, forget about it and look at it. You'll see a different perspective. While you set it aside, trying to learn. Read about the stuff. Read books. Look for good videos on it. Listen. Consult others. Then look back on it again and you'll see with a different perspective. How you would adjust the plan. But don't forget the warning. Them who are hasty will surely lead to poverty. There's another proverb, he who is hasty makes mistakes. This thing this thing's quite strong. Now, let me balance it. There are times when we should strike fast and hard. However, however, it is best to practice striking fast and hard when we have thought things through after you have thought things through after getting the good intel or data then you are more confident to strike and strike fast but not before that otherwise you will end up with less or worse we lose everything and that is not a good thing now that can happen But let me just say, we have to surrender to His will, because sometimes you've planned it well, yet it doesn't work. So, you just have to trust the Lord. Then, be diligent. Continue again. Never stopping. Always growing. We should listen to the wise counsel of many and execute the plan with diligence We hope we will gain, yet we must surrender all we do to Him, because His purpose will always prevail. It is foolish to say that God is not in control. It is foolish to say God is not in control. Or when we say it is all up to us, ultimately, unless the Lord blesses our efforts, we labor in vain. Thus, in all our ways, we should acknowledge him. Now, but when we are stubborn, I'd like to say this to those who are stubborn I'll do what I want, nobody tells me what to do. Go ahead, spread the sheet, write the plan, yet you will fail. In haste, sketch and draw with all that you know, minding all in the minor details. Alone you built your ship to sail and go, but reality strikes like a tempest, like a typhoon. And not many can survive its fury. Fear grips the heart of even the bravest. Tempests like trials will cause injury. Injured and alone, you'll try to survive. Then you will so hunger for wise guidance. More advisors, more angles to derive, more chances for achievements to advance. Even then, when you seem to find your way, God will prevail. He will have the last say. I give you this poem, Plan, O Man. Listen to advisors, O man, go spread the sheet and write the plan, plan very well with diligence, gather enough intelligence, add details to the plan, O man, and then review, rethink your plan, weighing, calculating, praying, not obsessing, not possessing, for haste usually goes to waste, and it also leaves a bad taste. Let us avoid impulsiveness, for it negates productiveness. Therefore, we listen to much more, and to know and to pray which door bias, haste, moves, lay aside. Arrogance and destructive pride, thus consult many advisors, hopefully will become wiser. Yet in all our plans, we should know God's will be done, and that is so. That is all right, so let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Forgive us of being hasty in the past. Forgive us for not listening to advisors, not seeking them out. Forgive us. Forgive us of our pride, seeking to prove ourselves we have fallen. Yet there is nothing wrong with goals and desires. But it is well if we submit to your word, to your will. And we seek out the different perspectives. And to honestly see if we are prepared or not. Not being foolish, looking for one sign or two signs, and we interpret that as your will. Forgive us, Lord. Although at times you may move in such, yet you have given us in the Word so much, so much to learn, so much to apply. And allow us to experience the freedom of walking in your wisdom. The freedom. Being unafraid. But only fearing you. You want to learn to plan and to plan well. Teach us to be diligent and teach us to listen. And teach us never, ever. To always be in haste of course some things we do quickly but not intricate plans of course we must move fast at times when everything is clear in what we need to do but not without clarity Teach us your people to wait on you, to grow in God's Word, and to have better plans for your glory alone. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Good morning.